0: You're listening to The Worlding Podcast, where we explore the relationship of how we are both shaping and being shaped by our surroundings. The podcast traces interconnections by inviting each episode's guest to pass on the mic to someone who has influenced their world. And now, here's your host, dance artist
1: Renee Schadler. Hello friends. Today we complete our eighth string figure with my guest Vera Shulkina, a Russian somatic dance artist who recently relocated to Berlin. Today we will focus on Vera's project, Unplanting the Seeds of Hatred, a direct response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine and its repercussions for Russian artists and the wider population Through the lens of worlding, we will look at how this practice approaches the body as soil in which seeds, mental or physical, can grow. Thanks so much for chatting with us, Vera. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's really nice to be here today. (laughs) To open up the conversation, I would love to hear what is surrounding you and worlding you in this moment, be it human or non-human things and entities.
0: Uh, well, I'm surrounded by by the city of Berlin, uh, which uh, really changes my whole body. I'm surrounded by, by the late light that is now uh, in the kitchen that I'm sitting in in the kitchen of the front, and I can see the shadows, sharp shadows, uh, that look really nice and transform the whole uh, square... Uh, squarity of the kitchen Um, I also am surrounded by I'm a bit um, embodying a stress that I'm in right now because in two days I need to leave uh, for Russia to finalize for my four projects that I'm doing there and uh, my residence permit card still hasn't arrived yet so I'm like a little bit on the edge of going not going and I don't know if I need to speak about that (laughs) And I am um, surrounded by the fact that I met uh, four panicking birds today at 6 a.m. One of uh, the small uh, panicking birds flew into my room and was uh, flying there trying to find the way out. Eventually, uh, um, I showed him or her the way out. And then there was a duck sitting on my bike lane. And then there was a, um, there was a bird that just uh, fell down the roof. And another one was just lying on my way uh, here to this kitchen. Yeah, so I'm surrounded by many uh, um, by many things that are combined, uh, that combined are constructing or building a whole mass of perception.
1: Yeah, I can imagine also this journey of being in between places in the process of settling in Berlin and, as you mentioned, uh, going through the bureaucratic process, which also is in a different language to your mother tongue, and also having these strong roots to your home and Russia, which now is being framed in a very different light and I imagine also in the country itself feels very different how is the bodily experience in those two locations for you at the moment it's um, a
0: complex question Um, for me uh, my body uh, is um, going through through a big transformation as I feel I feel like my body is opening up in Berlin, um, and um, I feel this as many, many various small explosions inside of me that are opening up my tissues um, as a material, uh, as well as material and uh, also emotional. But then, as I speak to my friends and relatives in Russia, I can almost feel the pressure that is um, hitting them. I can almost feel the thickness of of the atmosphere that I uh, that they are right now, and uh, how the bodies are being formed by that. And when I went myself, when I went uh, after the beginning of war, when I myself went to my relatives uh, for four days, I could feel this um, real thickness of the of the environment that surrounds. Uh, People nowadays in Russia, if that's what you're asking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of information we receive comes from the Ukrainian side and a lot of access, I can speak personally, is with Ukrainian refugees. So I was really interested when you were recommended with the project Unplanting the Seeds of Hatred how it is in this moment to also be busy with these questions when it is so raw, it is ongoing, um, the violence, and I think a lot of people are in this state of disbelief and somehow the capacity to also have space, have yeah an attunement I want to say like a a feeling and empathy for the Russian people it is difficult at the moment, so I really appreciate that this project has come onto the show because it is something that I think is slipping through the gaps as we kind of punish uh Putin as we really um lean in to the idea of blame and what it is to be an aggressor
0: yes for sure Um, I was studying here at the Somatic Academy Uh, I was in my module when the war started so the first thing uh, that I I saw in the morning was the news of course and then what I saw were the eyes of German people who could never believe what is happening, and that is when I decided then, well, I didn't decide that, but I could feel that we need to to, to somehow try to um, reconnect from many from many sides, I would say. Because also, at the, at the time when the war began, uh, there were, um, at the most, uh, where your last speaker was from, right, uh, uh, Jakob, at the most, there were Solidarity Days, the event Solidarity Days, where uh, there were Ukrainian refugees speaking also, and uh, there were many people who were really outraged, uh, who felt like this big aggression towards the Russian um towards Putin of course but also towards the Russian population uh as a in general and I could feel that and I could feel like these ideas about that okay let us block the whole country, economically block everyone, let people um uh, be trapped there. And that was a time when Jakob gave me microphone and said, "Let's speak. Uh, let's hear it from the Russian." And then uh, I was standing in front of the people who um, who were, were hating uh, like the whole idea of an aggressor, the whole uh, idea of someone invading, uh, like a country invading another country. And I was a part of this invasion uh, as a Russian. And uh, the only thing I could do was I was. Um, uh, crying and speaking at the same time about that about what i feel right now and what i felt was that me and my friends and my relatives and um everybody i know basically almost everybody i know are being held hostage in, inside the country and uh right now when i'm speaking that uh one of my friends uh his finger was broke at some of the, uh, at one of the protests right now and um Yes, so it was like my first, um, when I first encountered the amount of, um, of emotion that is coming up right now. And then there were also many encounters and I could feel already that um, this can lead to a huge amount of conflict. And this can lead to a big, big, big underlying conflict that would burn uh, or rot uh,
1: the whole mm, the whole society mm. I was part of a talk this morning um, weathering bodies, a program with the Victorian College of the Arts and Dance House in Australia and one of the speakers, Caitlin Deer was talking about how in these big ecological issues which in a way I would put the War at the moment in this position. If we really think about materiality of bodies and materiality extending outwards, not only to the human body but to non-living bodies, then this crisis we're in is also a systematic crisis where there has been a very strong perpetrator and a very strong victim painted for the public and. This person was talking about how when these ecological crises happen that a response is to go slow, to slow down and to work around something. So to not work exactly on the point, on the hot spot... But slowly find your way around, like you would extinguish a fire, for example. You can't get to the centre, but you can slowly start to extinguish the edges and kind of reduce the oxygen being given to the flames. So I find this very interesting that now, especially in Germany, where we've had hyperinflation, we've had this huge punishment after First World War that led to the Second World War, that again these patterns are happening of really punishing people very heavily and I wonder how these somatic practices that you're offering can open those up for people and allow them to process these Feelings and emotions in the moment rather than allowing them to build up in the future,
0: yeah, I would just say that first of all i don 't feel um, that the whole say that everybody the whole population uh, are punishing and creating the image of uh, of a common enemy uh, from me, for example. <laughs> But because, for example, I was really lucky to get my visa here, my artist visa here. Uh, nevertheless, uh, like the whole official uh, idea was to, to uh, make me go back to Russia and apply for a visa from there. But uh, German authorities, they decided for uh, still giving me the visa uh, because of everything that's happening and then, um, this um, this um, fall, there was uh, a somatic conference, uh, the somatic festival, Body IQ Festival, that was actually uh, around the topic that was a to- uh, around the topic of activism in somatic practices. And I was a- uh, asking myself in each of the talks we had, in each of the workshops we had, I was asking myself this question: What Um, has somatics to do with uh, violence, for example. What somatics can do to violence. What somatics can do to people killing other people, to people raping other people, uh, to people bombing other people. It was even before the war. Um, And then we were having many discussions um, with my friends, international and Russian friends, about uh, what is the whole idea of how somatic can be implemented into the social practice, how a somatic can change society. And um, right now, I can feel that, like, what is somatics? Somatic approach means that you are uh, observing yourself as a process of a body and you are really in tune. With your own timing and speed, and with everything that comes up in you, So basically what I feel right now uh, somatics can do is to slow us down to the speed of our auto attention and to feel how these, okay, say seeds of hatred, or to feel uh, hatred, to feel anger, to feel what is happening. And how it, how it is not done mentally, but how it is a process that is our body. And what we can do to this process, or how we can observe this process. Or even if we are observing it, how does it change, how does it transform, just by looking at it.
1: It reminds me of when you're upset and, you know, your face goes red and you start to breathe very heavily. Yeah. And this is it. This is the body processing the emotion. And I think when we talk about it, we say, oh, she made me so angry because of X, Y, Z, and I thought X, Y, Z. But it's very rarely that I say, somebody did something and my face went red and I had short breath and I felt a tightness in my chest. Like even this alone, like to have these moments of, even if it is an imperfect body scan, whatever you're capable of, just to feel that process and realize it is a process is incredibly valuable to understand also the materiality of our bodies that are in change, like you said.
0: Yes, it's how they say, like Peter Levine is saying about trauma trauma is not what happened to you, trauma is what you're producing right now.
1: Yeah, the recreation in this moment. Even when you relive a memory, absolutely when you cry because a loved one has passed away, it is in that moment of remembering them that the bodily response takes place. So it is really bringing the past into the future in that moment in the same way as we can cry for something that could happen in the future. I recently was with my mother and we were talking about me being based in Germany and the possibility of me having a family in Germany and her not being there Mm. because she lives in Australia. Mm. And it was so emotional, like a full bodily response from my mother and nothing had happened. I was standing next to her. Mm. But the future and this image was so strong that, as you said, it was recreated in that moment mentally, th- that then had a physical manifestation. This is what I really, what
0: really um, challenges me, that we are recreating these projections instead of just being bodies that can act on something.
1: Hmm. Mm. You write in your bio that you're interested in how living matter behaves under certain conditions and how bodies can influence modes of thinking. Can you linger on that thought a little bit for me, especially in terms of this divide between mind and body or nature and culture, how you're working to dissolve these divides? Yes. So,
0: um... Um, the whole um, idea of some of the somatic approaches is that there are no, um, there is no differentiation between mind and body. This is a whole interconnected process, mind-body process. It's even called like that, uh, body mind, and um, oh, mind-body in different <laughs> different sources. So um, while working. Uh, researching in order to create a dance piece for example or researching for an artistic project I really love to not attend to a human body as um, to subject of a culture or identity or a nationality I really like to find what connects us as human bodies to the whole matter of things and to the whole order of things, in which way we can be on the same level, you know, in, in what is the level of matter that we can touch, that we can connect to. And I do this through different approaches, through different um, exercises and tasks, like working with uh, the perception of death, for example, for um, and working with the whole biological process of death, or work, working with biological process of our digestion, for example, that are happening to our bodies, or wo- uh, working with um, the whole background of our bodies that we are the continuation of our own embryo, and so the embryo at some point of its development, it, it doesn't just have a body. It has spaces around them, and those spaces are a part of the attentive body, but they are never taken care of in our adult bodies.
1: There's something interesting in hearing you talk And especially about spaces, I'm curious about the space of unplanting the seeds of hatred because I know this feeling of pressure, definitely from a different perspective than yourself, but this pressure of the ongoing pandemic and the instability of that, of things being cancelled, of regulations changing, and then I think a lot of people experienced like collapse, I would like to say, when the war then was announced and it felt like it was going to be something short. I definitely was naive in that way of thinking that it would move through quite quickly and then that hasn't happened and how people are holding this level of discomfort over time. And I wonder then when someone comes to a space, the desire to forget like the desire for escapism, the desire for joy. (laughs) Um, How are people entering these spaces? Are they open to staying in these difficult feelings or do you feel them also craving an escape or a different reality?
0: Yes, so the project I'm planting the seeds of hatred uh, is an ongoing research project, artistic research project, where there is just a playground for us artists uh, of a specific format to gather and to work on their practices. And so when people are asking me about this project, for example, or asking to join, uh, my first sentence is always um, this is not a therapeutic project, this is an artistic project, which means that we are not trying to seek for resolving those feelings or resolving whatever it can be. We are not trying to get better, simple words. And so, my, mm, there are some people who decided not to come because of that, of course. But uh, also, I believe that uh, my whole life and my whole work are connected to these two, you know, to these two ways of, of life. I there are uh, there is therapy and there is research. And I am for research. Uh, that is why I'm trying to hold the space as a space for research. And of course, people have tendencies inside when we're doing the practices, when we're thinking of something. Mm, there is always this tendency to transform hatred, while we're working with the topic of hatred, into something else, into the bliss and to love, into like there are plenty of metaphors. For that, but of course, hatred by itself is also a metaphor. So, <laughs> of course, this could be happening. But yes, uh, there is a tendency from everybody to, um, yeah, a tendency for wellness. I call it, <laughs> and of course, I can understand this tendency, uh, like a tendency to to get rid of discomfort. It's how life is actually behaving. The only. Um, the only uh, way the only answer why we are here now as biological beings is that we were running from discomfort trying to hide from discomfort
1: that is why we still survived there's an amazing story to share from godama the buddha i feel like we've (laughs) walked into it in terms of the seeds of hatred because it really resonated with me. I've shared with listeners before that I practice Vipassana meditation, so which is the art of seeing things as they really are. And in those teachings, it's a Buddhist teaching, there's a story that gets passed down, and you receive it during a 10-day course of learning this technique about how the nature is such so, as the seed is, so the fruit will be. And they talk directly to seeds of hatred. And when you plant these seeds, whether it's physically, mentally, or vocally, that they grow. And it's interesting because I think we really recognise the physical seeds, like harm, violence. We also recognise the verbal seeds because it's witnessed in a certain way. Um, And then for some reason we think that's undeniable. It still is in terms of interpretation of the words, but it feels a little bit more concrete, whereas this mental volition is something that is very hard to grasp but actually in the vipassana teaching it's there like the root of the seed that has the potential to flourish in a certain way did this come past your reading when you were conceiving the project yes
0: well uh, when uh, the project started it started from uh, uh, from a talk of yuval harari who, as you said, uh, was also a part of the Vipassana, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And, um, yes, he was, uh, um, he uh, gives talks on international politics, and at uh, at the moment he was giving a talk uh, about the war. Uh, It was several days after the war, I believe, and so he was uh, was using this uh, phrase planting the seeds of hatred quite a lot, that uh, uh, Putin plants the seeds of hatred that uh, are going to grow into the whole population and into the whole society. And I actually was just taken by these words really, um, not metaphorically, but really directly, you know. So I immediately um, caught on this idea that, okay, if we are planting the seeds of hatred, can we unplant them? And what does unplanting mean? What if our bodies can be the soil for unplanting the seeds of hatred? And what are the seeds of hatred that already exist there? They didn't start with a war. They started long before. Because, I mean, we everybody can feel hatred. Um, so, yes. Um, that That's how it started. To just recognize... Uh, the seed uh in myself and the mental seed also. Like I I really want to also I really also understand that the whole idea of a project and planting the seeds of hatred is quite mental. <laughs> like the the whole word hatred is also mental because uh when we're we're transforming and working on this project um alone um We came to this conclusion, like for the third time we were meeting uh, several several days ago, and uh, people came to the conclusion that they don't feel hatred anymore. They just feel like other negative feelings and they want to transform them. (laughs) And it's really interesting that, um, yes, that uh, I feel that uh, that the word hatred. Is such a strong word that uh, exploded in in the in the times when we were feeling that the war would be short. That it has exploded uh, as as an explosion, as as a bomb. Uh, so as something that as a one-time event, and then when it continues. Hmm. I feel that something else is happening, but I'm not sure yet what it is. I just feel that the body, uh, the body can repro- reproduce uh, this, you know, this uh, urgent, um, urgent strike of something that happened, the urgent strike of event, the urgent trauma that happened to it, but uh, while reproducing it it is changing it doesn't memory changes uh
1: everything that happened to you it really resonates with ivan marsh who recommended you so jakob was your connection through moss and people following this podcast that was 8.1 and then ivan last episode was talking about peak experiences And it's interesting because that's a peak experience in joy. He's the curator of Waking Life Festival, which is a festival over a, a few days in Portugal, a big music festival. It is this creation of joy and a peak experience. And then to continue that conversation with a peak experience, absolutely with the hatred, and both of them, I feel it unsustainable long term, like as you mentioned, this hatred has transformed quite quickly because it is unsustainable. If I think about a moment when I went into hatred, it lasted two days, three days, and it was a very strong experience for me, and I was fifteen years old, and I couldn't maintain that hatred because it was paralyzing I couldn't do anything with it and the body as a mechanism begins to process and move through and it quickly moves into grief if it's in relation to a death or shame if it's in relation to doing something that you feel is not correct (laughs) I mean there are many ways to feel shame but this is my kind of first impressions of it can you talk about the longevity of the hatred and whether this is a project for you that will continue over time? Mm,
0: I think that um, this project is not all, only connected to uh, to this war, to the Russian invasion. I think that this project has uh, much longer roots and I really agree what you're, uh, to what you're speaking about um, that hatred is a big experience that cannot last long. Um, I was looking at it um, during some of the practices also, uh, how to you know how to work with timing of uh, these short, peak experiences if we can elongate it, and uh, by elongating it, we are like shortening. We are basically diving into the perception, into the dif- different perception of time of that. So we are feeling that the moment of now is becoming much longer. Mm. And this is one of the methods somatics is using to, uh, to um, coincide with the speed of the... Like the speed of the attention can coincide with the speed of the process that's happening. Mm. um, About this project, um, no, I really feel it can continue uh, and here, because I think that uh, my idea was to just hold the space, to just be a playground for uh, artists to work around this topic and to to come whenever they feel it's necessary. So uh, this project is not uh, it, it's not having any hierarchy, I'm not a choreographer for this project, I'm merely holding a space, just giving um, three or four hours of time to the people in a spe- uh, specific format to work on the practices, um, and I think it can continue. I'm just looking for different ways of reformat each time this, uh, like to, to reformat the format, to find another format to uh, keep on going because I think that maybe it will evolve. Maybe we won't have uh, the word hatred anymore in the end. Uh, maybe it was just really a big experience of Yuval Harare <laughs> talking in this talk, in his talk. But um, um, I think that um, the conflicts that are happening right now, they're happening often. They're happening much more often than... um, And as you say, the war
1: continues. I think also now what you touch upon is also the intergenerational trauma when you talked about how things are seeded at the moment, but also how old seeds are rising to the surface and beginning to sprout. And again, dipping into history, there is definitely in Germany this very strong image of the Red Army raping and pillaging and a lot of stories still surrounding Berlin, especially around the Red Army and what happened there. So a lot of these stories that are coming out at the moment have echoes of the past. So from that perspective, I definitely also feel while the hatred itself cannot be maintained, it is pushed down somewhere that then can resurface at a later moment. And this is interesting thinking about the future and past seeds and how they are proliferated in this moment?
0: Yeah, they say that um, the whole um, evolution of, uh, of a mindset of um, nowadays Russian authorities is also this uh, generational trauma, and the resentment of not being evolved Power, like the resentment that started after the second world war actually and produced through the, throughout the generations and um, yes and I think that uh, exactly here in Germany, exactly here in Berlin, I feel I really feel this uh, boldness and brightness and the ability of the city being the space that holds for that holds by itself and that provides people to open up these conflicts, to get into the conflict, to to look at them, to accept whatever is happening right now, to not to not trying to avoid them. I really believe that Berlin
1: is the place for that. For sure, it is a city with a a rich history and being divided and united and divided again so it's it's seen a lot and for sure over time that has also created a certain tolerance and openness to diversity of opinion so i hope what you say is true (laughs) (laughs) yeah me too um me too during this conversation we have discussed many aspects of holding space for feelings of discomfort, whether they be hatred or sadness. And I'm curious if you could guide myself and listeners through one of these propositions now and we could practice it in our own bodies as a way to really feel into what we've been speaking about. There is a practice
0: I'm quite often using in a movement context but uh, also in somatic context um, and um, this is a practice of uh, your own dark partner, let's say Okay, Uh, let us begin In order to begin, I want you to find a place, a space for yourself on the floor of course you could do it also while sitting or but not probably not being on a bike. <laughs> this I won't recommend. Okay. And uh, let's begin with uh, just closing our eyes and arriving in this moment. and what it actually means arriving in this moment in this time and space we were just sitting we were just talking and the sitting and the talking body is just forgetting itself slowly as if I'm being manifested as if I'm arriving from a portal in my new body that is present here and now and it arrives more and more coinciding with its matter it's not just my idea of the body I can slowly feel my body being matter my body having borders my body being heavy my body breathing and my body having attention and I slowly observe Oh, my body is arriving here and now and slowly gives its weight to the ground as if the water calms down and then you can feel where you're touching the floor and in all these places where you're touching the floor as if your skin is becoming transparent you start to leak out your attention starts to leak out into the floor. As if you are being a puddle of attention underneath yourself. Wherever you are, in this room, this puddle, the leaking out of your attention is becoming bigger and bigger. Maybe you're not on the first floor and so you leak more down as far as your attention can go. You're filling with your attention the whole floor of this room and then the construction and the skeleton of the whole building. You're becoming this building structurally and you continue to leak out down to the middle of the earth. as far as it goes maybe you are now leaking out in the whole street or maybe in the whole city Maybe you're touching the ground already. Maybe you can be the whole center of mass. And then slowly you become your own body again you can start feeling your skin and then your attention comes back slowly as if you're taking it taking your roots of attention your traces of attention back to you but something underneath you stays so the whole attention is gathered underneath you in the same form as you imagine there is a partner that is you on the other side of the floor You give them as much weight as they give you. You give them as much tone as they give you. They are of the same matter, of the same thickness, of the same speed. And you can slowly start checking if the partner goes with you. You can slowly start turning your head on the ground. Observing how your head rolls into their head. rolling an arm or a leg you can slowly start rolling yourself observing how you roll not on the floor but into their body that is of the same tone of the same form of the same tension so there is always someone you can start slowly speeding up trying to check if they will catch you if you will be faster maybe pushing off the floor a little bit pushing off them maybe sliding maybe even starting to play with them if I would jump would I jump into them would they catch me And you can proceed with with this play forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. You can take any time you need to play with your dark partner.
1: It's really nice, I feel, to let it be there and give it a place. And of course, after our conversation around hatred and these feelings of discomfort, this dark partner became the home for these feelings. It's more comfortable than holding them in my physicality but it's also more honest than erasing them completely. It's a nice middle ground, I feel, for inviting them in because perhaps then they move upwards and I can express them through my flesh, through my matter.
0: Yeah. Well, you can play with them. You can even find out um, who has more agency right now (laughs) and... uh... Who's leading, who's following, who, if the terms mean something or not. Mm.
1: It's a beautiful proposition and really resonates also with this idea of the unplanting the seeds of hatred that it is a playground, it is a place to research and be creative and artistic, place for these emotions and very real world situations to be processed and transformed through creativity. So thank you. I really felt like I'm in the playground with you now. Hmm. Thank you so
0: much, yes, for playing with us, with us all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. That brings us to the end of the eighth string figure. It's been a real pleasure to connect with these amazing thinkers and speakers like yourself vera and jakob and ivan who made up this string and i'm looking forward to continuing with our new guest a berlin-based thinker and researcher and artist who will then continue us through their string figure in the ninth series thank you vera we stay in touch thank
0: you so much for for inviting me we will stay in touch yes Thank you for listening to the Worlding Podcast. Gefördert durch die Beauftragte der Bundesregierung für Kultur und Medien im Programm Neustart Kultur. Hilfsprogramm des Tanzen des Dachverband Tanz Deutschland.